Hi and welcome to this latest episode from 1914 to 1918war.com. In this episode, uh, doing something a little bit different, I've uh, got a book review for you. We'll be taking a look at Adrian Gilbert's Challenge of Battle. If the feedback from this uh, is positive, uh, expect to see a few more of these kinds of episodes in the future. So uh, please have your say. If you leave a review for the podcast, I'll get a notification uh, hearing what you say. Right, let's get on with the show. Everything you hold for a while is at stake. You are to start a Berührung with the way. Then we are able to open the Challenge of Battle, the British Army's Baptism of Fire in the First World War, written by Adrian Gilbert and published by Osprey Publishing. Adrian Gilbert's book, Challenge of Battle, examines the critical battles of the opening months of the First World War, looking at the British military's Baptism of Fire as a mainly colonial army met the German onslaught. Starting from the premise that much of what has been written about this period has been coloured by the long shadow of the British official history written in the 1920s, it attempts to reappraise the performance of the British Expeditionary Force, the BEF, using both primary and secondary sources to weave an account of the events of 1914. Gilbert has woven his sources with detailed analysis to create a new view of the efficacy of the army drawing out examples of success and failure, cowardice, bravery and inspiration. Over the course of 300 pages, he charts the BEF's journey through the initial encounters of Mons, the shock defeat at Lecato, the stagnation and establishment of trench warfare on the Marne and the Aisne, and finally, to the defence of the Ypres salient. This journey shows the development of an army that's really struggling in the face of inexperience, and the new reality that it has to play its part in the alliance with the French. And, you know, a junior part at that. Gilbert is strong on his analysis of the German army, showing that rather than the mindless automatons of legend, the average infantry soldier was probably in better condition and more tactically aware than his British counterpart. He is complementary of the doctrine of mission-oriented command, which allows operational flexibility within the overall command framework, although I suspect he may be over-egging things a little here, as people always say that about the Germans. However, he probably is right as he contrasts the German experience and way of war with the closer control exercised by officers in the BEF, which extended to checking that their men were washing properly. He strikingly observes that the British private soldier was often the below-average, often unhealthy man who could not compete in Civvy Street and was drawn into the army for financial reasons and being drawn from the bottom of society, perhaps this is why they needed that closer control. In contrast, the German soldier, conscripted though he was, was drawn from the population as a whole, and therefore contained many of the educated classes and healthy men from the farms of the nation. The German average being better than the British self-selecting below-average volunteers. I thought this was a really interesting observation and one that would only be corrected over time as Britain's uh, mass volunteer and conscripted armies came into the field. At this point of the book, it would have been nice to have extended some of his analysis to include a comparison with the French army 
who were also drawn from the mainland European military tradition and engaged in the same battles as the BEF. The French role in this narrative is simply providing or requiring reinforcements as part of the BEF's story. And while this is understandable given the scope of the book, I can't help but think that an opportunity may have been missed here. It certainly left me with some questions. The book's narrative is linear, clearly charting the BEF's role battle by battle and week by week. Whilst always well written, a minority of sections can sometimes feel as if they're lists of unit movements, lacking the spark of the parts where he draws on personal diaries. Thankfully, Gilbert has used quotations liberally, obviously taking great care over his selections to bring the experience of the men to life. As is often the case, a well-chosen quote from a primary source can illustrate the reality better than any number of statistics. The account of a high-explosive shell landing on a group of men in Ypres is particularly harrowing. Having expressed his main thesis that the official histories do not always give the whole story, it's perhaps unsurprising that Gilbert is at his most engaging when he compares first-hand accounts against official accounts. Here he identifies cases of embellishment and benign cover-up as shortcomings are glossed over and minor achievements are inflated beyond their tactical importance. More seriously, he detects evasiveness in various officers' accounts of the defeat at Le Cateau, as career soldiers seek to distance themselves from uncomfortable truths and defeats. He also identifies cases of heroic actions being emphasised as a distraction to the partially self-inflicted chaos of defeat. In another, more understandable instance of cover-up, the suicide of a staff officer is tactfully glossed over, with only the primary source diaries telling the truth. When Gilbert departs from his linear narrative to look at particular issues in the BEF, for example that of personal leadership or the shortcomings of the artillery, his account is particularly strong, skillfully using anecdotes and diaries to illustrate his points. He compares the performance and composition of the BEF against their adversary, contrasting the key differences and often finding something new to say. For example... Even when covering well-trodden ground such as the over-reliance and inefficiency of British shrapnel shells, he emphasises his point by quoting a German soldier saying that they found shrapnel fire preferable to the rain. In this thoroughly readable book, one is left with an impression of a military organisation dealing with a war for which it wasn't prepared, against an enemy that they underestimated, and with the expectation that the war would not be lasting very long. The inclination of officers to lead from the front drove high casualty rates, robbing the BEF of the very leaders who would be so crucial in the coming years. Many of these officers had waited years for an opportunity like this and they weren't going to get left behind. But once these officers were dead or wounded, the lack of initiative expected from the other ranks meant that there was no backbone of NCOs capable of taking up the mantle once the precious pre-war leadership had been squandered. The consequence of this was to fall heavily on the new recruits of Kitchener's army, as offensive plans, such as the Somme, were made with an assumption that little initiative or tactical thinking could be expected from inexperienced officers and the infantry. I really enjoyed this book. Um, Gilbert's done a great job in piecing together the various elements of the 1914 campaign together. He's presented an unvarnished view of the BEF in its warts and all detail, whilst remaining sympathetic and understanding the pressure that it faced. Hope you enjoyed that review. The book was written in 2014 and, as I say, published by Osprey Publishing. 
um, uh, but I thought it would be worth drawing it to your attention. It's, uh, it's a good read. Anyway, thanks for listening. See you next episode. Bye.